0: what kind of control does someone have over your cameras? And I doubt they care about much about your washer and dryer, but over your computer, your cameras, your TV, they can watch you now, they can listen to you now. Mm-hmm. Whether that be a hacker, or whether that be the government themselves that's a real issue for me. That's a real threat. And, and at some point in time, I love my phone. Don't get me wrong. Like this is, I went ahead and got the brand new Apple iPhone, uh, not the most expensive, but the second most expensive. I, I never do that. I, I usually get a version or two back just because I don't like spending that kind of money. But I said to myself this time, you know, this is, I, I use this thing every single day for a number of different things, Right. for, for calls, for texts, for games, for research, you know, mm-hmm. you, you name it, it. The list goes on. And, so I'm gonna go ahead, I, I'm gonna invest in this because it's something that I use. It, it's, a, it's a productivity tool and it's something I use often. I love my phone, but the the convenience of all this, the convenience of all this technology, there's gonna be a price for it. There is a price for it. We're losing our privacy for one thing. You know, we, we've lost our privacy in a lot of ways and we're losing a lot more day by day as far as I'm concerned. But I think there's there's gonna be more of a consequence. And I'm not even sure what that means yet, but it's just it just feels weird. The
1: Cerebral
0: Entertainment Podcast. Podcast, 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 podcast. Thank you for checking into this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you all to go to buyjack.com slash CEP to pick up all of your CEP network gear, including the new hoodies and coffee mugs and koozies representing all three of the shows on our network. That includes Crusher cast raised on the radio and of course the CEP. Also, head on over to truenutrition.com for all of your nutrition and supplement needs. And when you check out, be sure to use the code CEPN for a 5% discount on your total order. Now, for this episode, Colt and I bring a cerebral chat that we titled Off The Grid. During this episode, we again talk some disc golf, of course, along with some current technology and some of the pitfalls that come with convenience, as well as a deep dive into the concept of raising kids off the grid and more. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to keep those brains warm again, so without further introduction, here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to yet another riveting edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me as always is my good friend Colt. I'm here, sir. How are we today? I'm good, dude. Yeah? Another nasty day outside. I I can't believe all the rain, and it's like it's been kind of intermittent. It's not constant, but it's still just, it seems like every time I turn around, it's raining. Yeah. Which gets in the way of a lot of things.
1: Have you thought about stop turning around? I can't. Like, don't do that anymore?
0: I can't. <laughs> just walk straight if, lines if from you now ju- on? If you just walk straight lines, then there's no telling where you're, where you're going to end up. Yeah. You know?
1: I've actually been like back here, caved in all morning. Yeah. Because podcasted this morning and then did some editing. And then you came over. And I was thinking in my head, well, I wonder what the chances is because me and you normally go to the gym on Sundays after we lift. So I was thinking, I wonder what the chances are that James might want to go play disc golf right. instead of going to the gym today. And then I, you text me and you told me we were here and I go. And as soon as I open the door, I'm just raining outside. And I was like, okay, yeah. I think I got my decision on that one.
0: Yeah. it Once again, every time I turn around because disc golf is a thing now, right? This, it's this thing that we have I now mean, been you sucked to, into. Saying,
1: you say now, but it's been a thing for a long time. It's just a thing for us now. That's what I'm getting at though. <laughs> I know it's
0: been around for a minute. You know, I used to see those baskets. I might've mentioned this before, but I had no idea what I was looking at. I used to see mm-hmm. those things like sitting around here and there. And I was, what, what in the hell is, is this? Yeah. I had no idea. Um, now I'm constantly looking for baskets uh-huh. because I'm like, that's where I can go play. Yeah. So you and I have recently gotten sucked into this disc golf game. And I would say it's nothing short of an addiction at this point. Mm-hmm. We are constantly talking about discs. And the we were just talking about it earlier, about how many different styles of discs there are. There's some numbers on there that denote uh, the speed and the fade and the glide and so on and so forth. We're talking about stability. We're talking about this like we really, really know what we're talking about, mm-hmm. but we're still just in the infancy of this addiction, uh, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. we've got a long ways to go, but it, it, it does suck you in. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sucked in. And I also, I, I've got to tell you, I, I love the artwork on these discs, you know, and I know that when you're out there actually playing with them, the artwork tends to get worn off. You know, mm-hmm. they get old, they get faded and things like that. But there's just a lot of different layers so far that I like about disc golf. There's, you know, there's actually... I
1: don't know who what the company is, and there, there may be more than one, but there's companies out there that will uh, put like pictures and stuff like that on discs that you want. Nice. And I've been thinking about that, like as far as like what we've got on these records. I'd love to have a couple of CEP records and a, like a raised on the radio record and stuff like that. But or, I mean, on a disc, I think that'd be awesome. It's
0: a must. Yeah. I didn't. It doesn't surprise me, but I never thought about that being a mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And so now, yeah, that that has to be done. Yeah, but it's one
1: of those things where like I wouldn't throw it. <laughs> I get it. If, maybe if it was a putter. If it's a putter I might be more, you know, it might be yeah. I might have enough courage to throw it and not be worried about losing it. You know, I'm 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 to the point now to where I'm not necessarily worried about losing discs uh if I if like if it's going to happen more than likely winds involved mm. or just something weird happened or you know what I mean? Like it just depends on the
0: situation like a tree jumps out in front of you that's happened you know know. but
1: i didn't lose it i got it back luckily somebody i don't i still don't know how that guy got it down there there's a on the course that we play there's two hole or two trees right off the bat that you have to throw through Mm -hmm. and i threw i I didn't do that (laughs) i threw it up really high and it landed at the very top of a tree. Yes. We threw a lot of rocks up there.
0: A lot of rocks. We
1: hit it a couple of times. I landed a couple of rocks on the discs in the tree, which was
0: an amazing feat. Thank you.
1: Uh, not exactly what I was trying to do, but you know, whatever. Right. Uh, and then, so I put I posted that on a Facebook group of people who play around here, and luckily the people in that group are freaking awesome. Like most people, it's everybody. Like, hey, I'm going out to play it, you know, here at five o'clock. Anybody want to join? You know, and stuff like that. And every time I see that, I'm like. I would never just invite somebody random to come play with me. <sighs> I mean, I'm sure people are cool, but I'm just like, ah, uh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to just invite random people to come play with me.
0: I mean, it's kind of a social thing. It's a it social is. event, of you know, to, yeah. to be honest. And, and for me personally, I don't know where you're going with that, but I also don't want people to know how badly I play yet. So I'm not just going to invite some random dude. He might get pissed off because I'm still back here trying to catch up to his <laughs> drive. Yeah. And I'm on my third shot.
1: Yeah, I'm that's something I have and it's not just disc golf. That's just in me that I confidence has always been a big thing for me. Like I've never had a lot of it. Mm. And I'm not that's not a a bad thing per se, but it's just a matter of like like you're saying, you know, if I'm not if I don't feel like I'm good enough to play around somebody who's really good, even right. though it could benefit me. Like, you may have somebody who's really good that's just willing to just take their time to help you out and make you better. Yeah. Which could make me better. I just don't have... Because there, there's always the other side of that that could be, well, this guy sucks. Yes. i never playing with this guy. Again. This is a terrible time. Yeah, this is a terrible time. And I don't want to be the guy that, does, that makes the other person feel that way, right? Uh-huh. And, but the downside to that is that I don't... Like, I'm... I don't know when at what point I would be confident enough to still play with somebody like, you know what I mean? Like confidence is low in what I'm doing, but at what point is confidence high enough to where I feel like I could play with other people? Yeah. Because that, that feeling is always going to be with me or that's that's you know, going to be in the back of my head saying mm-hmm. you're not good enough to be playing with these people, you know? So it's just a, a battle in my head.
0: At some point, you have to get out of your comfort zone, though. Mm -hmm. And I think it's helpful if instead of a complete stranger who happens to be really good, you find somebody who you know is really good. Mm -hmm. That way, it's a little more comfortable that way. And they know what they're getting into. If I go play with anybody, I'm going to let them know right off the bat that I really suck. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. I want want them to be prepared. And they still probably won't be completely prepared for how badly I suck until they see it.
1: And see, that's that's the fight in my head, too, because it's like I can tell you right off the bat,
0: dude, I suck. I'm just gonna let you know I suck. Yeah,
1: but there's always that in the back of my head that's like, you tell them that, but they don't really know how bad you suck, and you could still surprise them. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and a lot of people say that. Well, I suck too, and you get right. out there like, dude, you don't suck. <laughs> you suck. I guess it's it's relative, you know, it's yeah. compared to others, but yeah, I think just in general, I'm, I I'm still really new, um, but uh, you know, I, I suck pretty bad, and but I'm getting better, and and I'm working on trying to get better, and the. I wish we could play more, Yeah. but the addiction to the game helps with that because I want to take the time. I want to be good at this game. Yeah. There's something compelling about it that makes me want to spend the time to get better at this thing that I'm trying to do.
1: Right. Yeah, our our buddy, uh, Jack Weiss, I've been talking to him quite a bit here lately because he's engulfed in it too. He's like completely engulfed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he sent me pictures of like discs that he's bought and all this other stuff, but he was telling me that A pro came into town a while back. I don't know if it was a tournament or something, but he was, uh, this guy, as soon as he found out that Jack was a, a newbie, he just basically stopped playing on his own and just helped Jack the entire course. Yeah. It's like, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. However, also in the back of my head, I'm making this guy stop playing to help me but I'm not really making him stop. It's just, he decides to stop. Exactly. And instead of just being in the moment and being like, hell yeah, this guy's helping me trying to make me better. You know, it's just one of those things, but it's, a, uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. You're definitely to...
0: not making him stop though. I mean, yeah, he's, he's right. doing that on his own volition. Yeah. And in that case, I mean, I'd have to accept the help, you know, yeah. I've even thought about going up and asking some people at the course where we play, Hey, can you show me your grip? It's mm-hmm. like, I just want to, I want to get a better handle literally on, on the grip, right? On, on mm-hmm. how I'm supposed to hold this thing when I'm, you know, from start to release, mm-hmm. because it's a thing. I, I can feel it when my grip is off mm-hmm. and it's something I've been focusing on. But t- to ask somebody that I think is, you know, once again, at some point in time, you have to get out of your comfort zone or you're never going to grow. right? You know, you can stay just, I'll speak for myself. I can stay just where I'm at and continue just to suck, or I can push myself and get around people who are better than me. Therefore, it, it's going to hopefully nudge me and force me little by little to get better and better because i'm, I'm having to step up yeah. and, and i'm also gaining hopefully from their knowledge as well you yeah. know because they're going to give me pointers i learned just by watching somebody the other day when i was out friday mm-hmm. on the yeah. course you know because I, i've been struggling with distance and one of the things that i've learned is that i'm trying to overpower the disc you know i'm trying just to explode and it's going all over the place. Mm-hmm. And when I'm lucky, I get a nice roll out of the disc. It turns up on its end and just rolls. <laughs> Maybe I can get a good 25, 30 extra feet out of it. Yeah. But it's still not going. I'm not getting the distance that I see other people getting. And, and I want that distance. And I realized that my, my wind-up is just It's it's just it's stupid. You know, It just wasn't working. Yeah. And I just kept trying to, to throw the disc harder and harder just out of sheer force. And, and once again, it was ineffective. And yeah. so I watched this other guy. I don't think he even knew I was watching but he has this really slow wind up. Hashtag #creeper. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I I stalk a little bit on the on the course but not in a bad way. <laughs> I just want to watch and see what you do. And I just I watched his slow wind up and just a just a one step wind up, really slow and and intentional. And he just his release was really smooth and I saw he had a just a nice glide, just good distance and I said that's what I need right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I see other people who do have a pretty forceful wind up and they make it work. But I can't do that right now. I've got to work my way up into that. Maybe. Yeah. Right now, I just had to slow myself down, be methodical, and see if I can't get something else to work. And I'm seeing improvements. Inconsistent still, but I'm I'm seeing improvements, and I'm happy about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I saw these other kids. I, I call them kids. They, I saw them from a distance. They looked like they were younger throwing forehand. Dude, these guys. I don't. I don't get it. I don't even mm-hmm. know how you do that because they were throwing it, and I mean, it was incredibly long distances that I, i'm talking at least my second probably third shot on their drive it yeah. was just amazing what they're doing with these discs mm-hmm. and i just don't understand how one does that yet because they weren't you know I'm, we're not talking about super formidable guys like you're not talking about big old huge you know strong looking people these are just people you know they're out there and they they just know the technique so well that yeah. it works and i want some of that
1: I, I can't figure out a forehand shot I, or a throw. I just can't. I maybe in the hundred times that I've tried to throw a disc, maybe four times, it's been not like wobbly like this, mm-hmm. like that. It it's actually cut, and I didn't know any distance off of it, but it was more of like a straightish shot, I guess. Yeah. But I, I don't know if it's smarter and I haven't really talked to anybody to ask. I don't know if it's smarter to try to learn both at the same time or if it's try to it's better to just learn one side of it and then once you're confident and you can play pretty well, you know, doing like a backhand, then try to start learning forehand or if it's smarter to learn forehand first and then go to backhand. I don't know. Yeah. I just know that the minimal times that I've thrown a frisbee in my life that still felt more comfortable to me throwing a Di- uh, uh, disc that way than to try to go, uh,
0: yeah. Forehand. Yeah, forehand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I've only tried it uh, just a couple of times and it was so awkward. I, it hurt and I didn't want to do it again because I'm afraid I'm going to just mess everything up. It, so I'm sticking to the, my routine right now, getting better at the backhand and, and just going to go from there. Yeah. The only reason I shot it forehand one time was because I was behind a tree and to get around this tree, I, I needed to go this way around that tree. It was kind of like my only option, unless I was just going to go straight through and, and and you know lay up over this side of the basket. But it was still a pretty good way, so I wanted to get closer. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> I, I, I hit the tree. And it just rolled wherever it wanted to. It was not a pretty thing. So, well, I'll, I'm going to hold off on that for a I mean,
1: I would imagine that it's better to be able to have both of those in your back pocket, but depending on situations that you get in, because, mm-hmm. you know, just like golf, you know, disc golf, you get in situations where one way would be better to get you out of this, you know, get you out of it than others. Um, I haven't ventured in to look and see if there's a lot of people who do both or if people kind of pick one style and go with that for the most part yeah uh, I don't know if it's helpful to know both or to ha- to have both you know what I mean like off of a drive is it better to throw forehand or backhand? I don't know I, I'll have to do some research and, and find out but I, I get I would I mean I would imagine just in the in in general it just depends on what feels best for you and what you get the best uh results from yeah right like especially off of a drive right you know can i throw a backhand better or forehand better to get better distance to get a straighter shot you know it just it it just i would think it the most part it's it's how it feels for you
0: yeah i think it's subjective to the person it Mm -hmm. just depends on what is the most comfortable like you said what gets the best results these particular guys just so happen to be throwing forehand for distance and then when they got closer for approach and for putting backhand yeah and so which that makes sense Mm -hmm. to me uh, unless you're going around an obstacle, like I mentioned earlier, it it kind of made sense, especially watching them, you know, they did, just had power. Like you wouldn't believe it. Did, was crazy. I, tell,
1: did I tell you what I learned uh, about the people who throw a disc, like sh- straightforward. So they'll, they'll take a dip. And I, I don't know if it's banned in like actual leagues and stuff like that, or tournament style or anything like that, but they would, you would take the disc and you would set it, which people who are listening, can't see this, but They would take the disc and set it on their, uh, on their hand like this with their four fingers around the, around the rim of it and push it forward. Mm. And my nephew's really good at it. I mean, he's, he's makes like really good putts by doing that. And apparently at one point they made discs that help you do that. Like they, the, there's, um, like four finger holes on the outside of the disc that helps you push that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think they banned that. I, I know they banned those discs. I don't know if they banned like being able to do that same throw with a, another disc. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I've seen some impre- like some pretty impressive stuff hmm. by doing that.
0: Sounds like just kind of like a basketball shot where you flick the wrist. You're like, kind, kind of like a yeah, jump shot. Kind
1: of, sort of. But you've got to spin it too on the throw. Like you can't just push straight forward okay. or it'll just try to go straight to the ground. So you've got to kind of push and spin at the same time to where it still has a little bit of lift under it. Got you. To go towards the basket. Interesting. Pretty interesting. Yeah. It's,
0: it sounds like a little too complex for me yet. Yeah, I think I'm still trying just to throw the thing straight. And, yeah, and yeah, but that's that's well, you're, cool. You're,
1: you're on a good the course we've been playing is a good one to learn on, I think, and it doesn't take that long to play. Um, but we do got to venture out and start playing some because we've got another three good courses around here. Well, yeah. no, you played two courses because you yeah. have played the one up the road. Yeah, um, but there's two other good ones. One's really fucking hard, but the other one is pretty much more wide open like what the one we've been playing is. Yeah. So.
0: And just to note, just because it's a a fun fact, uh, the one we play at does, in fact, have a warning sign because there are (laughs) live bees. There is. And so there's that. Uh Uh-huh. And it's right next to one of the holes. It clearly states, live bees not responsible for injuries. It's like, okay, that's weird. because Aren't
1: they? They're in, like, that white
0: shed-looking shed thing? Shed-looking thing, right? I, I think so. But so if
1: they get out, how is it not on them?
0: Because the sign. <laughs> I mean, all you have to do is put up a sign and... Isn't it, that it, weird, though?
1: Like, the, not just disc golf or not just bees. Like, in general in life, as long as there's a sign stating, don't do this, or there's a sign stating, hey, this is hot. Right. Then you're you've covered your ass. You're fine. But if it's not there... You can get sued.
0: Right. How? <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. I don't either. I mean, it, it's it's about giving proper warning to people, you know. Right. The, the, the cup that says hot, you know, that goes back to the lawsuit with McDonald's mm-hmm. where the lady spills coffee in her own lap. Yes, it's hot. It's coffee. And she's able to sue McDonald's because she didn't know it was so hot. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but because of loopholes and, and I guess good attorneys, ambulance chasing attorneys, I would imagine she was able to win that lawsuit. I guess it, it, that's how it seems. Regardless, I, what I do know is that McDonald's started putting that "Hey, caution! This is mm-hmm. hot!" right on their cups after that happened. Yeah, so I would assume this place also. You know, figures along the same lines as everybody does. You know, as long as you put a sign that says Live Bees, hey. There was
1: another story about a woman. I think she was driving a Winnebago. I think it was a woman or it might have been a guy. Yeah, an RV. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I just remember the story. Driving a Winnebago and they decided while driving down the highway to get up and go make a pot of coffee or something in the back. And they wrecked. And then they sued the company because there's nothing in any of the... Like drivers' manuals or instructions anywhere that states you can't get up and go make coffee yeah. while driving.
0: Yeah, my understanding is that they put it in uh, cruise control and thought that that was going to drive the car, the the RV.
1: Shit, these days we're pretty close to being able to do that. Actually, some cars do that now, don't they?
0: Yeah, we have some self-driving cars, but this was still what 10, 15 years ago, or better. It may have been
1: longer than that. Yeah, it, it may yeah, have. It was been. a while back. It, it was. But still. It was
0: well before we had any kind of self-driving mechanisms for our vehicles.
1: I haven't been in any self-driving cars, but my wife's new car does have, like, I think it's called Lane Assist, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. To where if you get too close to the, um, like the the line on the side of the road, it will it'll, it'll veer you back. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I I do it I'm surprised I haven't got pulled over yet because I do it on purpose just Uh to test it out.
0: I would all the time.
1: I don't ever go like to the center line, I go to the right line because I don't want to, you know, if it don't work, (laughs) it could be an issue. Works
0: pretty well though. It does. Veers you back? Yeah Yeah. yeah, it
1: does. Yeah. That's
0: that's pretty wild.
1: Yeah. It's odd. I mean I
0: I just thought the the backup cameras was sweet. You know, now they've got all this other newfangled Technology. Yeah. Have you ever actually seen a Tesla up close? Like, have you ever been in a Tesla? I haven't car?
1: been in one, but I, they're they're popping up more and more here lately.
0: Dude, they're they're very sweet. Yeah. Um. I, I know a guy who has one, and it's just it looks kind of like a cockpit in a in an airplane or a spaceship or something on the inside. Yeah. You know how you have the screen always for your, your stereo and your navigation and whatnot. The screen in that thing is just it's huge. It, it looks like a small like well, kind of like what your computer screen looks like there. Uh huh. Um, it, it's about that big, if maybe if not a little bigger and so it, it's got all these different you know settings and and all kinds of whatnots yeah. in there uh, it's just a sleek looking car and the electric car is really cool on uh acceleration because it just kind of takes off you don't have to the motor doesn't have to rev up it just kind of snap and it goes Gotcha. almost like a slingshot or like mr freeze at six flags you ever ridden that ride Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So how it just takes uh-huh. off? Yeah, that's kind of kind of what the Tesla does, except it doesn't go in loops and up, you know, <laughs> up a big track and then so, turn around.
1: So Tesla is like the company that Elon Musk is part of, right? Correct. So forgive me if I'm wrong on what the exact words are, but did you hear about um, a guy figured out uh, a saying that you can say that will automatically open the back hatch of the car? No. I'm pretty sure it was open bunghole. <laughs> and that's a feature that's added into the car. I don't know how he found out or if he was just randomly talking to somebody on his phone or something and said it or something like that. But then the back, the back pop up. And so he found out that And it, I was thinking about it when I heard that. Do you remember back in the day? I don't know how much you like played video games or anything like that growing up, but you used to be able to go to a store and get a cheat code book and you could go home and it would have all the different games in it for PlayStation or PS2 or even earlier than that that you wanted. Yeah. And you could you could at the beginning of a game just type in these codes that this book has in it and it would like do all these cheat these cheat codes to do different cool things. That's what I was thinking about when I was thinking about like Tesla like what are all the cheat codes to open up this or to do this or whatever in in a vehicle. And the fact that they can do that is amazing. Yeah. It's creepy, but it's amazing.
0: It's creepy because I don't want just anybody coming along and putting cheat codes in my car, right? you know, yeah. and doing whatever those things do. Yeah. I remember way back with the original Nintendo, right? I am that old. And there was a game called Contra. It was my favorite game on Nintendo, probably of all time. And it had a code that you put in right before when the credits were on the the opening credits. And this is, everybody probably knows this out there, but it's up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. And that gave you like, I think it was 99 lives. Okay. And so when I first was able to beat the Contra game, I used the cheat code. And of course, I had plenty of lives to do so. So it gave me that option. Later, I figured out that I wanted to beat that game without the the, the lives using the cheat code. Mm-hmm. And so that was the real challenge at that point in time was to figure out the game without that. Right. Um... So, yeah, the cheat codes go all the way back to at least the the original Nintendo game, which right. is pretty sweet.
1: Well, I mean, we're, we're talking about vehicles and, like, things that are impressive these days, but I I think it was something on Facebook a while back, and it was some something about, um, I think it was an Apple car. It was talking about an Apple car, and just imagine, like, you're driving down the highway in the new Apple, or in the Apple car, and all of a sudden... Uh, the notification comes out that they are putting out the new Apple car and all of a sudden your car goes down to like 30 miles an hour Uh or something like that
0: the battery dies yeah
1: but you have to imagine like at a a certain point if there's no like volcano that takes the whole country or the whole world out at some point we're going to get to something like that to where just like our phones randomly update through Wi-Fi or whatever we're going to have cars that are going to do the same thing Mm mm-hmm and like Tesla to me is like, we're telling me that we're, we're on the verge of that. Yeah. You know, it's creepy. And I don't know that I'm comfortable with it.
0: I, I, I know that I'm not. Yeah. I, I mean, our generation, we are like, which we're not technically in the same generation if you're going by the Gen X and things like that, but we're close. Yeah our generation is the generation that got to see a lot of lasts, a lot of transitions. It, it's a crazy time that we live in. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had saw the, the creation and the proliferation of these little computers that we use as phones now, but they're everything else. Have you ever seen that one meme where it shows this guy with like a, like a boom box and he's got a big camcorder and he's got a telephone and he's got all the a calculator, all these different things. And it, the, the meme says, this all is in your pocket now yeah. the, on this one little device that we have. Right. It, it's like, so we got to see the end of, we, we got to see like this, this birth of the technology, uh, the age of, of technology, mm-hmm. the robotic age, whatever it's called. And we got to see like the rotary phones come, well, not come, but we got to see them like dissipate and go. And now kids won't even know what the hell that is. Right. You know, we've gotten to see the, the invention of the electric car. You know, and, and it's not like taking over yet. But like you said, if we're here long enough, these things are going to be the new norm. Yeah. And so I'm not comfortable with almost any of this, to be honest with you. When, I, when I really think about it, mm-hmm. you know, we keep sharing memes about these robots that they're making that are either, you know, shooting guns or, or destroying something or people are hitting it across the back and, and trying to piss it off. But it won't It like it. it We'll point the gun at them, but it won't shoot the human. That's mm-hmm. yeah, just a matter of time before it does. Yeah, you know that's going to happen. Yeah, um, if, if we're here long enough, a lot of these things are going to come to fruition that are that are in our fears and
1: which that's the that's the creepiest thing. You know, like Joe Rogan talks about that a lot, or at least he did back when I used to listen to him a lot. But like, you know, being able to download somebody's consciousness into a robot—that's yeah. fucking creepy, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's coming. You yeah. know, I, I don't know what form it's going to take. I don't know that we can actually download the conscious the conscious uh, component of someone's mind into a computer, but I think they can at least mirror it and and, and kind of maybe force the computer to become conscious in and of itself because well, like of the, that mapping.
1: Yeah, it's like... Uh, I mean, Ex Machina is like the perfect, you know, uh, representation of that, right?
0: Ex Machina is, is probably my favorite of, of those type of movies yeah. that's ever made. The other one with... Um, Johnny Depp. What, what is that movie called? I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's where he downloads his consciousness into a his conscious into a um, computer, and it proliferates across the network, across the internet, and he starts taking everything over and can make all kinds of crazy stuff happen. Hmm. Like that is exactly represent, representation of what we're talking about: is the actual uploading of the consciousness into a computer system and kind of the consequences that happen because of that. Yeah, it's a great movie. At least, it's it's a good movie all around, but it's a great concept, yeah, of what can happen of just you know that whole process. So. Yeah, I, I think you know we're we're entering into an age where this is just going to keep going. Too, there's no slowing down of technology. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's what I think it's what scares most people, and it definitely scares me the most. Is, is there's no end in, so there's no end goal. Right. It just keeps going and going and going. Right. AI is just going to keep going and going and going. Well, and that- they say we're a long ways away from like intelligent AI, like able to actually just kind of sustain, be self sustaining. Mm-hmm. But I mean, come on. I mean, time goes by pretty quick too. How how long can it take?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the creepiest thing, too, is, like, you know, it's not it's not going to end. There's no end in sight, but it's—I don't know. I guess what I was going to say is, like, what your point was. It's like, yeah, there's not really an end in sight that we, that we see. And, like, you have—as it progresses, you've got people who are controlling all of that. You know what I mean? So, like, of course, you know, they say— you have a phone in your pocket, they're tracking you. They can track you. They can find you. They can do whatever they want, you mm-hmm. know, because you're willingly taking this phone. What happens when a car gets to that, Right. you know, now what if a car is basically a phone? I mean, you know, it It. like I said earlier, you know, it downloads updates and things like that. Oh dude, I just thought of that. That's kind of cool. Like instead of having to take your vehicle to like the shop to get a recall done, they just do an update on your car.
0: It would be constant, though, just like the phones. Uh-huh, yeah. Just like an iOS update. It would be all the uh-huh. time.
1: Yeah. My car. <laughs> so instead of like years on our cars, it's going to be like the 12.4 right. or something. Yeah. And some people are still going to have like the old Apple car right? You know, until they upgrade.
0: Yeah. The versions will be different. Uh-huh. And it's all about the software. And yeah. So some hardware, you, but too. But you can't
1: download the software until you get close to Wi-Fi. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah why 5g is everywhere now, and, now and, then,
1: and then you're going to wreck your car because you're going to get some kind of virus or somebody's going to hack your phone
0: that's what i was going to say it, or your car i mean is the hacking same diff right at yeah. some point in time uh-huh. what is going to be a little difference as far as the the technology but you know, what about getting hacked you know what about getting viruses that kind of thing and, mm-hmm. and how do you how do you fix that how do you fix that threat i don't know same with smart homes you know there are people who have a lot of smart features in their homes smart refrigerators you know you got smart uh, cameras that link to your computer and to your phone and all this these smart devices even got smart washer and dryers just all kinds of crap that that's just smart now tvs of course Mm -hmm. and tvs that you can talk to and it's just ridiculous but what about getting hacked you know when, when a system gets hacked what kind of control does someone have over your cameras and I doubt they care about much about your washer and dryer, but over your computer, your cameras, your TV, they can watch you now, they can listen to you now. Mm-hmm. Whether that be a hacker, whether that be the government themselves, that's a real issue for me. That's a real threat. And, and at some point in time, I love my phone, don't get me wrong. Like this is, I went ahead and got the brand new Apple iPhone, uh, not the most expensive, but the second most expensive. I, I never do that. I, I usually get a version or two back just because I don't like spending that kind of money. But I said to myself this time, you know this is i use this thing every single day for a number of different things right. for for calls for texts for games for research you know mm-hmm. you, you name it, it the list goes on and so i'm going to go ahead I, i'm going to invest in this because it's something that i use it, it's a it's a productivity tool and it's something i use often i love my phone but the the convenience of all this the convenience of all this technology there's going to be a price for it. There is a price for it. We're losing our privacy for one thing. You know, we, we've lost our privacy in a lot of ways and we're losing a lot more day by day as far as I'm concerned. But I think there's, there's going to be more of a consequence and I'm not even sure what that means yet, but it's just, it just feels weird. It seems weird with all this, this can be life's not supposed to be this easy. Yeah. And so you have to give up a part of, in my opinion, you know, or maybe this is just a rabbit hole, but you have to give up a, a part of your humanity in order to integrate with technology to this degree, and I think that's happening right now, and I kind of worry about what that looks like for our kids' futures. I don't think we're going to see. Well, I mean, we've seen a lot in our lifetimes already, mm-hmm. and and hopefully we have a ways to go in this life. And, and if we do, we're going to see a whole lot more change. But our kids, this is life to them. Right. They don't. They don't experience the change like we we do. You know. They, I mean. They, I mean.
1: Do... Do the, Do they not or do they, we just don't see it because like our parents probably felt the same way when we were kids, like these game systems that came out and TVs advancing and you know, all that kind of stuff. Like for them, what we see, I, I'm, I'm not saying that technology isn't progressing a lot faster than now than it was back then, but they probably felt the same way to us and they were weirded out because of, you know, the same, the same issues that we're thinking about
0: i I would say you're right to a degree but i think the the snowball effect of technology right now just way eclipses anything our parents yeah have seen of course you know our parents most of our parents are still with us here so they're still seeing the same stuff yeah they've had a longer time span actually right to see you know because when i grew up even we still had a black and white tv a smaller one in like the bedroom like Mm -hmm. that was still a thing a black and white television you know that's that's when i was a kid well when my dad was a kid that's all they had was black and white television, you know, for a long time. Mm -hmm. He remembers when grand and pop first got their, their color television said it was a big deal. Right. Right. So of course dad's gone now, mom's still here, but for them to be able to see that and then see what we have now, that's just, that's mind blowing for them even more so. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I, so I see what you're saying in that sense. My sense though, is just that our kids don't know any different and who knows what's going to come about between now and, and they, they might be talking about this same shit when they're our age. Mm-hmm. But, you know, back in when I was a kid, all we had was flat screen TVs. We didn't have this integrated device into our, our brains where we could just, you know, project a screen in front of us by saying open bunghole. Right. Or whatever, you know, and, and so who knows what they're going to see. It, it just it strikes me. And I, I do think technology is just on a it's on a, a runaway train track.
1: I, I still go back to the episode of Black Mirror where they have a contact that does a, like does a lot of different things. Um, lets them see a lot of different things and stuff like that. And I just for some reason, I'm picturing like a contact, like a, a contact that is connected to like a device in your ear or behind your ear or something like that to where that's basically your like you can get phone calls to it, like you can do a video call through a contact in your eye or, you know, you can hear through, you know, hear through your ear, um, you know, all all those kinds of things to where it's kind of like you're getting people up from their phones. Like everything is all people just like looking down at their phones now. Well, now you're going to take that away, but it's going to be like in your, you know, in your head. And that was, that was actually a different episode of Black Mirror, um, where, I'm going to give it away. I don't care if anybody cares. Um, spoiler alert, I guess, but like, you know, do you see the episode where the guy finds out that his wife's cheating on him?
0: Mm-hmm. Th- he can rewind it. He back. can
1: rewind it back, you know, yeah. but like there's a, um, they're sitting down at the table with friends and stuff like that. And there's like one guy that doesn't have the thing behind his ear. Like everybody else does the chip or whatever it yeah. is. And everybody's like, well, how do you do that? Like, how does it feel to not, you know, not have this and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, it's it's just to be like to be able to record memories in your mind and rewind memories. That is freaky.
0: Yeah, that that way if you're in an argument with your old lady, you can mm-hmm. literally rewind it back and say, "No, I told you this is what I I said." Or you rewind it back and you're like, "Shit." If they she if, was if, right. yeah,
1: if that came to fruition in my lifetime, I would just have to sit at home and sit on the couch and never move or do anything cuz I have such high anxiety <laughs> that people are going to be like like have moments with me and then they're going to be like rewinding to see what I did or, you know, cause at that point I, at that point, government's probably gonna be able to track all of those. That's going to be like your, you know, your phone now. So now it's in yeah, your head.
0: Right. Now you're going to be driving a car in real time all the time. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah a- an accident. Like they're going to be able to rewind your shit back and mm-hmm. see whose fault it really was. Right. Which well,
1: we probably won't even have accidents at that point because it, it'll be, I'm sure our cars will be controlled and driven by themselves.
0: Maybe I don't know. I mean, the con- you know, Black Mirror purports themselves as being near uh, futuristic. near futuristic. So this is technology. This isn't coming just out of their ass. This is real technology that's that's in the works somewhere. Mm-hmm. At least most of it. You know, it could even Hollywood movies. You know, a lot of that stuff that we see on there, we've always seen. You know, it's it's just a matter of time before that stuff is. Actually hitting the markets. Chances are it's probably already in the military, yeah, in different plate, you know, different labs and things like that. Elon Musk, you know, no telling what he, you know, what he's got going on. A lot of different things, but who knows what he that we don't know about that he's doing. Yeah, you know, he's working on the what's the brain, um, Neuralink. Um, I, I don't, I've heard of that, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, Neuralink is. Uh, I, I don't want to get into it because I don't know enough about it. Okay, but it's basically just chip in your head that you can control shit with. Uh, okay. Without touching, you know, and I don't know what all, but like, I don't know if you change TV stations or whatever just by thinking about it, but it's that yeah. that type of technology, yeah. And it's crazy. And he's one of the ones, you know, he's a leader in the field, and he's, but he's also one of the ones that are, it's like, like, whoa, you know, this is we might really screw things up with this mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. But even he says, along with a lot of other people, there's no stopping it, yeah. It's somebody's going to do this. It's already in the works, and you know, we're in competition with other countries, namely China. You know, they're trying to build killer robots. For the battlefield and things like that, so there's no way we cannot do yeah. it, and somebody's going to be doing it, we, even if you know we all got together and saying ya and said, you know let's, let's just we, we've been given this beautiful planet, let's just chill and, and just live our lives. Right. And somebody's going to be out there stirring shit up and sure messing up for everybody.
1: You know, it's funny. Uh, I sent you a message yesterday because like I've actually got a computer sitting on my coffee or my uh, uh, kitchen counter right now because so. I got my new computer and my old computer uh, still had a bunch of music and stuff like that. I'm going to give it to my mom and uh, I wanted to go through and I want and see what was on the computer first to see if I needed to like transfer it to an external hard drive or something like that before I wipe it back to factory settings and give it to her. Mm -hmm. So I get on there and I didn't realize how much music I had. Like there's a shitload of music on that computer. Probably why it was running kind of slow. So I was thinking in my head, so all this music that's on here, like to give anybody a point of view, I the, t- the message I sent you was a picture and it showed that it was going to take like 22 hours mm-hmm. to get it all transferred over to an external hard drive, which it's done finally by now. Um, but I was thinking all of this music, probably every single song that is on here, I could go to Apple Music on my phone right now and probably find it and listen to it. But it's like, I think it's a nostalgia thing or something, or it's just knowing that I've got that music there that I probably won't ever think of, like to try to find on my phone. You know, you love that feeling when you find, when you pop in a CD from, you know, 10, 15 years ago or something. You're like, oh, I completely forgot about that song. And then you throw it back on the rotation of music that you listen to and stuff. Mm -hmm. I could find probably everything there on my phone. And then, but I still took all of it and put it on an external hard drive. And then at some point, like I'm probably going to have to move it again to another external hard drive or something like that. I'm just going to keep on holding on to this. And I, I, like I said, I don't know if it's a nostalgia thing or what, but I could just have it on my phone. And at some point, that's probably going to be in our head to where you're just going to be able to find anything and everything that you want without having to even having a, di- a device in front of you. Yeah. You know, and it's... It's scary. It's It's crazy.
0: On on the music note, I think it is a lot of nostalgia, but I think it's also, you you are going to have some stuff on there that you can't find on Apple Music. And I would just, when you find something that you come across you haven't heard in a while or whatever, check and see if it's on Apple, because not everything is and not every version is. I've even had some stuff on my Apple Music that there used to be a particular version of. Now it's gone. I don't know if they're just wanting you to, they probably figured, well, you need to go to iTunes and actually buy this instead of just streaming it from Apple or just downloading it from Apple
1: yeah we, we had that conversation one time at the gym and I was thinking about that I don't know that it's necessarily like Apple it might be distributor who who distributes that out and yeah fair you know, enough. any anything can happen with just a song or a whole record or anything where they have to pull it or you know yeah. or something like that.
0: So, yeah, the the distributor might want you to go to App or iTunes and buy it. Yeah. Because that's the song or the version that's kind of hard to get. And they just don't want it to be out there for free. They want it to mean a little something more. Right. You know, it's like going out and, I don't know, like buying a vinyl or or like buying a a special edition EP for, for, you know, from some band with some songs that you can't find anywhere else. Yeah. You know, just kind of that same rationale. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just, it's some crazy stuff here and there. Like, I don't know, I haven't researched it yet as to why, but even like Static X. You know, their song Push It was all of a sudden, it's it's blacked out from Apple Music. I don't yeah. understand why. But even more so than that, there are some versions of some different songs that are harder to get, harder to find, that I've noticed they were on Apple and they've been pulled. And, and that's torture for me because <laughs> one of them come up just not too long ago. I was like, oh, man, I forgot that song. And I, I kept looking through my catalog. And I couldn't find it. It's nowhere to be found. And I try to go and I search for it. That particular version, I can find different versions, but not that one. It's gone. And I hate that because I <laughs> loved that version of that song. The only place I can find it is I did a YouTube video of Jordan, right-hand robot, mm-hmm. out doing some street art one day. And I put that song as the background to, to his, uh, his work. Gotcha. And that's the only place I can find that, that song anymore. I don't know where it's at. It's just like it's off the face of the planet. So just weirdness like that kind of gets to me. So I would just advise when you when you find something that's a little more maybe obscure or just something you hadn't heard in a while, double check to make sure it's on Apple before you would ever think about getting rid of at least that. But it sounds like you're going to keep that... However many gigs that was, what was it? it was I don't like remember. 62 gigs, or probably. Maybe even <laughs> it was more. A than, lot. It was a lot of gigs of music. I was feeling that you're not letting that go anytime soon.
1: No, and actually, I think mo- a lot of that music came from you, because back when we were working together, uh, you would give me several like MP3 CDs of a shitload of music. Yeah. And I probably haven't listened to most of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, like thoroughly gone, you know, gone through and, and listened to most of it. I mean, yeah. I probably heard it, but not. You know, so, I don't know, it's just, it's crazy to think about and just, things are progressing very, very, very fast yeah. and there's nothing that really anybody can do about it besides just try to move out into the woods and stay away from it as much as possible.
0: Yeah. You can do that and mm-hmm. that's a personal choice and it's everybody's right, but at the same time, are you willing to make that sacrifice? you know, are you willing for your, for your children as well to make the sacrifice for them to, to keep them from the technology? Because I wonder about people. I know people personally who have, you know, moved out in different state than this, but they've moved out into the middle of nowhere, literally living in a bus, at least for a while and kind of checked out, you know, and, and they, you know, my, my buddy, he's always posting pictures of his kids and things like that, which they're getting big now. One of them's grown. The other one's getting there, but I just wonder what it's like for them to unplug. And I know he thinks it's the best thing and it, it you know, I do too, at least to a large degree. But I just wonder how that affects the the kids in the long term because they're going to be kind of unplugged in in large part from a, a lot of technology in society. Right. I think at the end of the day that's probably a really smart thing to do because like you and I talk about there's consequences coming to all of this technology to all of this convenience to all of this intrusion of privacy you know that is in and of itself a consequence but there's i think there's more to come because of that i think yeah. it's just going to continue to snowball and so being unplugged from the matrix in that sense i think is a very brave thing to do but it's hard <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, yeah. It's very difficult, mm-hmm. you know, because the one major thing that I utilize is my phone. And that's it's a tracking device. And it's a—it's always trying to sell me things, you know, even though I don't necessarily go out and ask for it. And this is this thing that I'm willingly succumbing to, you yeah. know. And so I don't know how to do without it. I could do without TV. I could even do without Netflix. And, I mean, to an extent, I need a computer for stuff like this. but. Man, the phone's a big one. It's tough; just, they got us hooked.
1: Yeah, I don't. I just don't know if it's just you or like you and your wife or, or whatever that would decides. Listen, I'm I, I'm just not for this. Let's unplug. Let's move out to Montana in the woods and you know get away from all this. Let's use solar power and not have to worry about being on the grid and whatever. But when you have kids involved, I think it becomes a trickier situation because you're unplugging them also from all the progression in life, yeah, right? right? And so it can make, if they don't decide, I mean, you you can raise them however you want and to believe however you want. And, you know, to think that if you're unplugged, you're not getting freedoms taken away from you and things like that. But if your kid decide, grows up and decides not to really live the way that you lived, you're kind of making their life a lot harder on them for having to navigate the waters of life later on when they're adults and on their own. Right. Right. And like, even as far as like jobs go and stuff like that, you know, if you're taking them away from what it's going to require to have a good job later in life, you know, they may, like I said, it's just taking a lot away from their potential. I think,
0: I think it's a shifting of potential to a different setting and to different uh, tools for Mm -hmm. one to use. Because those kids are going to know how to grow their own food. That's true. They're going to know how to probably hunt their own food and forage for their own food. They're going to know how to build things for themselves. They're going to know how to you know just you know survive. Wait, wait, whereas if shit hit, really does hit the fan, technology is going to it's going to falter anyway, and we're all going to be in a shit can if you don't know how to grow a garden.
1: But yeah, and I and I completely understand that. But I guess the the point that I'm trying to make is like. If you shelter your kids from all of that, what if shit doesn't hit the fan for another couple of lifetimes? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, your kids might have learned how to garden and how to build things and all that kind of stuff, but still taking them away from all the progression that's out there and like, if, you know, a, a good, stable, like a, you know, a good paying job and things like that could be at risk. You know what I'm saying? Like, If shit hits the fan, you know what? When your kids get to be adults, then hell yeah, that's great. But if it doesn't, hopefully you just pass it, just passes on to kids after kids after kids, generation after generation. And then when shit does hit the fan, now we're now we know now yeah now we can. You know, still live because we know how to do these things.
0: So you know, and, and not to say that my buddy, his kids are, are missing out on any of this. This just used him for an example. And I know, and we've I kind I, of I, run I, off, taken taken off with it. Yeah, I know. who you're
1: talking about, yeah. and I I'm not trying yeah. to bad mouth by any means or yeah, anything I know. like that. I, I, just I, I just think I actually think
0: it's awesome what he's doing. I know, me too. I just
1: it's I, I'm just trying to give. Yeah. I guess play play devil's advocate it's, on the it, bad it, things that could. Yeah, it, it's yeah. a good
0: discussion point. And so here's my thing, though. I think that in a sense. From your perspective of what you're trying to say, you're still attaching all of the worth in that good-paying job, where those folks might think that good-paying job is nothing but a prison. It's That's nothing. True. It's nothing but keeping you locked into the matrix. Why would I care about that good-paying job when I can fend for myself? This is a choice for them. It's an opportunity. Gotcha. It's not a. It's not. Well, we have to do this because you know we're stuck out here. They made this decision. Uh, they could have done. And they have done many different things. Uh, My buddy and his wife, you know, they're uh, educated. They've they've been, you know, she for sure. I don't remember what he did other than working with me there for a while. But um, you know, she was doing her thing as a professional. You know, she had a career. They chose to unplug and go out here and do this and raise their kids like that. And you can just tell by the the, the social media post that he does post because he's not completely unplugged. He's not, you know, he still has the phone and he still has social media. Mm-hmm. That's how I can keep up with him every every now and right. again. But he's not like engaged in like he he's unplugged at least partially, right? As opposed to someone who just completely turns off everything, goes lives in the woods, and you don't hear from him again. Right? That's not the kind of unplugged that that he did. Yeah. So, but he's not. I mean, you don't see him much on social media anymore you know, he used to be on there a lot more, but now I, I hardly ever see him except maybe on Instagram is where he's at mostly. Yeah. But,
1: I guess, I, I guess the the thing is you have to find, you don't have to, but I guess just finding balance between the two. Yeah. You know, I guess finding, and it's it kind of comes down to like happiness too. Like what, what fulfills you in life and what makes you happy in life. So what I'm saying is like, say they're, um, his kid, his kids grow up to want to do things in the computer industry, or you know, or technology, or something like that. They may be farther behind, but that's what's going to make that kid happy because that's what that kid, the kid wants to do as an adult, mm-hmm. as a career, right? So that, that's what I mean. Like, but I, I guess if you if you're raised to be a certain way, you know, you have those ethics and those morals, and that's you know, so maybe. That would veer them away from doing that, anyways.
0: I, I think that's right. I think you're going to bring the influence that you had, especially in your formative years as a child, you know, adolescence, growing up, and so probably working on computers isn't going to be something they really care to do. Yeah, maybe, and, and, but I think I think you know whatever. I perhaps another way to look at it is that their drive is going to be you know their ability to kind of reach in and and, and find motivation and drive because. What they're doing is, is not easy. It's harder than, than the way you and I live, yeah. you know, and so they're going to be used to that. They're going to have that work ethic. They're going to have that, you know, that sense of being able to do something, even though it is difficult. And if they want to do computers badly enough, then I think that's then that's what they'll do. And they'll bring that work ethic with them that could probably only you know benefit at that point in time. You yeah, know? I'm, and,
1: I'm, in my mind, I'm kind of comparing it to like the Amish. Like when you grow up in an Amish family, yeah. you know you're you're not gonna have kids that are gonna want to go off and probably you know be the owner of a tech company or something like that, right? You know they're they know how that they, they know what they know from how they were raised, and that's normally how you just keep you know keep having kids and generation after generation after generation, just that that stuff gets passed down, yeah. But you're still kind of off the map, off the grid,
0: yeah, to some degree. Not quite as bad as I, I've never friended an Amish person on social media. I don't think their presence is is there. So just to note a difference. But anyway, uh, you know, even just not shit hitting the fan, but being able to build or to grow your own food, build your own stuff too, but to grow your own food is huge. You know, I've often said this, what if what if shit does hit the fan, and not completely, but Walmart's no longer a thing, and, and Country Mart closes down, and, you, you know, the grocery stores, you just don't have them anymore, or you go and inflation is so high, and, you know, it's 20 bucks for a gallon of milk, something like that. You know, if, if you can produce things yourself, you minimize the dependency you have on the system, you know, and you can still be technologically savvy. You can still be, you know, plugged into the matrix to a degree, but the more self-sufficient you are, the less you have to depend on the system, the better off you and your offspring are going to be, the better Mm -hmm. off you and your family are going to be, because no matter what happens, you can still sustain. And so it helps to do some prepping. It it just does. It helps to do some prepping. I'm not the type probably that's going to build a bunker underground. I wouldn't mind having one just, you know, just in case. But what do I want to do if, if you know, nuclear war happens and I'm in my bunker, we come out and everything's radiated and everything's dead and, I'm not sure I want to be around for that. I think right. I'd just maybe rather toast, and you know, as long as I could be close to to ground zero, I think I might prefer that mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe not, maybe not. But at any rate. The self-sustaining measures that one takes in their life, it's not just for the end of times apocalypse type of setting. It, it's to lessen your dependence on the system as we go. It, it, and it can save you money. not I mean, you have to work at it in order to save money right now. Like it costs me more to, to grow a garden than it does for me to go to the grocery store to get food right now. Mm-hmm. But I I've, I've trained myself to do it just so i have the knowledge just so i have that working knowledge if i need to i can grow my own food when times get tough right and you can end up if you do it the right way you can end up saving your money and you know that you're getting good food it's not all sprayed with god knows what and if you're really into it like i'd like to be i'd like to have some animals at some point in time kill a couple of deer every year have my own cow and pig and stuff like that every year to be able to butcher them, that way I know my animals aren't full of, my meat is not full of antibiotics and steroids and you know all of those things that are pretty much changing our body chemistry and killing us and probably cause all kinds of cancers across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that sounds like a good idea to me. All of that does. Now, will I still keep my cell phone? Yeah. You know, Am I still going to use technology to my advantage? Yeah. But I still would like to be as self-sustaining as possible. The two things that go against that
1: is... That's a lot of work Mm -hmm. and it's not convenient. That's right. That's the two, like the two things that people would be like, um, no. Yeah. And that's why,
0: (laughs) that's why I say that there's a consequence with this convenience. Yeah. It's, it's, it it is destroying our ability to survive in a self-sufficient way. Because we are so dependent upon whatever system, whatever component of the system that we're relying on, Mm -hmm. whether it be for information. I can find anything out on my phone. I don't have to go to a fucking library. Are you kidding me? Uh, I can find anything on there. I can get around with my GPS on there. I can call and text at the drop of a hat. You know, it's just everything is so easy that if I actually have to do something inconvenient, well, forget that, right? There's no way. It's too hard. And even though it might be my survival that's at stake, mm-hmm. it's too hard. If my phone can't do it, then screw it. I'm not going to do it. And I think that's where we're going.
1: Isn't south. it kind of crazy that libraries are still a thing?
0: Yeah, but I'm not sure they are. Are they? I guess they are. Oh,
1: are they not? I think I think we have a couple
0: around us. It seems like we have one in my hometown still. I think and, so. And one in my home hometown as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess so. I don't know who's going there to do what. <laughs> I mean, are you really going there to read books? Like I mean, it's probably still a thing. I mean, I still read books, physical books. Don't you is it is is it libraries
1: that you go to to get like public records and stuff like that? Or no?
0: No, uh, that's at the courthouse somewhere. Is it just the courthouse I, you bl- go I to? believe so. I don't know what's at the library. I mean, you can go and find like old newspaper. It used to be on Microfish. You ever you ever used that stuff where mm-hmm. it's on these little bitty micro thingies and you put them in you know, their slides. You put them in the thingy and you can look through almost like a microscope and it blows it up so you can actually read the newspaper. But it's, you know, it's actually about that big. Um, yeah, that's old school, man. That's <laughs> been around for a long time. You ever heard of Microfish? Uh-uh. Wow. You didn't spend much time at the library, did you? Sure did not, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I guess you still have that kind of stuff. And they, they still probably have all like old newspapers from way back when, things like that. Yeah. You know, if you're talking public records, like who owns this land and, and all yeah. that stuff, that's at the courthouse. Gotcha. So, okay. But, you know, I, I had something else on the, on the self-sustaining thing. And I might have lost it, but... At, at the end of the day, I think I think that we need to take even small measures to be more self sustaining, and the more that we can unplug from the system now and pass that information along to our offspring, I think the better off we're going to be. I lost my original point. It, it seems like it was a good one too, but um, yeah, I, I definitely see the the utility in that though, especially with the rise of technology. Yeah, you know, and if something is hard and inconvenient, then it that probably means it's worth worth the effort, you know, because life isn't supposed to be easy, you know. It hasn't been up until just more here recently. The past hundred years or so, it's gotten easier and easier. Yeah. And right now, our dependency on the state, which is kind of what, where my idea was going, I can't formulate it exactly, but our, our dependence on on the system is, is tied into the technology, you know. That, that's, how, that's how we are literally, like in a sense, in the matrix now. We're plugged in. Mm-hmm. And we can't survive, quote unquote, without it. And I know, what I, I know where I was getting to also. See, and, and the military, I forget where I read this. I, I don't remember if it was just an all-out conspiracy site, but it seems like it was somewhat reputable. But the military is, you know, they're always doing scenarios. They, they do scenarios like, what if this happens? What are we going to do? How do we mitigate this and that? And mm-hmm. how do we, you know, defend the, the country or the government, whatever. And so one of the big scenarios that they're working on now, and I believe this might actually even be public information from the military, is that the future is going to contain super cities, right? There's going to be a mass migration to the cities. Like very few people, especially if, if shit hits the fan, there's going to be very few people left in, in the the badlands, the outskirts, the mm-hmm. woods, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the cities are going to grow and they're going to swell. Well, they're much more manageable that way. You, you want to uh, centralize the population. You want to consolidate everyone. That way it's easier to manage everyone. Right. So all of your... All of your food sources and all of your your uh, vaccines and all of your everything that you're going to need in order to survive in, in the world is going to be in the city. Everything outside of that city is just going to be hit or miss and there's going to be a lot of either yourself sustaining or you're not surviving and you're trying to get to the city. And in order to get to the city, you have to be completely plugged in. I mean, in a sense, you've got to be marked, right? You may, I don't know if it's microchip or whatever, but you're going to have to have some kind of identification, some kind of even passport, but probably even go from one city to the next, because it's going to be greatly controlled. And so if you don't want to buy into that system, you better be able to self-sustain because if you can't, then the city is the only way that you're, you're going to be able to survive. They're going to make sure of that. And by, from, from their perspective, it's by necessity. This is the way we have to do it. This is the way we have to manage because of A, B, and C that's happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, these circumstances have caused us to mitigate this crisis by consolidating everyone, and, and they're going to have their their line of logic, and it's going to be very reasonable sounding. It's going to be very rational. Uh, but if you don't buy into that system, then you're screwed or you're surviving. On Which your I own. guess
1: a lot of people think that the. Like beginning of that is the vaccination, the, co- the COVID vaccine, because you're going to have a lot of people who can't travel and things like that until they get the vaccine. And that's like the start of kind of the restrictions yeah. as far as that goes. Um, have you gotten the vaccine? And we don't have to go down this road if you think it's going to be too controversial or anything. I'm just, I'm curious because I have not gotten it. I've had a lot of people tell me that I should, they that they believe in it, you know, and every other post on social media right now is somebody saying they just got their second vaccine mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, you know, and I have, I have friends and family who are completely against it. And I have friends and family who are completely for it and are trying to get me to do it. Um, the biggest controversy that I've seen so far that I've dealt with is my wife being pregnant. Yeah. And I have other people in my family who are pregnant and did get it. And they were told that the antibodies from the vaccine would transfer over to the baby. So the baby would be born with the antibodies okay if that's uh, if that's true and that's that's cool'm I'm, I'm not opposed to that um but our baby doctor straight up told us that there is not enough information out there for her to recommend us or recommend my wife to get the vaccine yeah so we've decided we've opted to not do it now she we she may change her mind after the baby's born you know we don't know We'll just see how things progress as far as the vaccine goes when we get to that point. Um, but we've chosen, you know, not to right now. So I'm just curious on, on how that goes. And then, um, you know, the other thing I think I sent you to is that Johnson & Johnson just had to stop the production of theirs because there's apparently uh, a possibility of blood clots that people are getting from it. Correct. You know, and that just goes back to me to... Did they did they rush the whole process out? Were there not enough people who were guinea pigs on, with the vaccine for long enough before you know they they started shoving it down or shoving it out there into the public? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, some people uh, some people who are a lot smarter than me say that they didn't really rush it. It just seems like they did. To me, it seems like they rushed it. Yeah, and for me to want my wife. To take something that feels like it was rushed, and now people are getting blood clots from, which I know it's just the Johnson and Johnson version. I get that, but what's different about that one compared to the other ones if it's still fighting the same thing? I don't. I don't know. Do you know?
0: Uh, no, I don't. You're, you need someone way smarter than me, way more informed on that than me. Because I, I
1: mean, I mean, that just doesn't make.
0: I mean, there's a difference that makes it a single shot versus a two shot too. Because the other, the Moderna, and the That's other right. is two shots vaccine. Johnson Johnson is only one, and so there's a difference there as well. Gotcha. And supposedly, it's not quite as effective as the two shot vaccine.
1: Well, but- isn't there another one that they're that they're giving three shots out now? That the third shot's supposed to combat the variant of the COVID two, because they're saying there's there's more different strains of COVID that's out now too. Right,
0: which is going to happen.
1: Yeah, it's going to happen. I and I don't. I'm not a scientist. I don't know for sure, but, and I might've said it on the show before, but when it comes to like the flu, you know, I have nurses in my family who have told me every, you know, the strain of the flu that comes out this year, that's the vaccine that you're going to get next year Mm -hmm. because that's what they, they're trying to battle something that's out now, but you can't just automatically put out a vaccine. You have to create it. You have to make it. So next year it could be a different strain of the flu out next year but you're getting the vaccine to battle the the flu from this year right i have to imagine that's the same with like covid if they're saying that there's different strains of covid you're telling me that one vaccine shot can cover all of them i mean maybe it can um lower your risk i guess mm-hmm. um and slow things down but i i don't know that it's going to you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, it's- that's
0: exactly what they say. Though it's not going to completely avoid it; it does just slow it down. Yeah. And you might, if you do happen to get the strain that was, you know, this the from last year or whatever the previous strain, then you're good to go. But these variants are always going to continue because these viruses are living things, and they, when they enter a body, they evolve. You know, and so they're entering millions of bodies, and so it's this constantly evolving thing, passing back and forth from people to people as hosts. And each, you know, I don't, I'm once again, I'm not a scientist either, so I, you know, just a little bit talking out of my ass, but I know enough to know that over time, this thing evolves because it, it, you know, it just changes when it passes from people to people, yeah, and, and also time because it finds ways to still infest that person to try and make them sick you know it still wants to do its thing as a virus like it's got a mission and so if this person's natural antibodies are fighting it then it tries to evolve in order to overcome those and to fight back against those antibodies right and so that's how viruses and things like that get stronger so no that, that's how it works um but that's how it works with the flu shot too i've, I've never gotten flu shot I never have. I've never been. You know, I've, okay, I've had the flu a couple of times. I guess it was the flu to where it got me down pretty badly. But I'm talking like in forty three years, maybe two or three times where I've gotten that kind of flu, and I've, but I've never gotten the shot.
1: Well, like with people who, who got who passed away before they were able to get the vaccine, that's the thing that sucks. So we're never going to know, right? If they did get the vaccine, would they still have died? Yeah. Would the thing? Would things still be as bad as they are? Right. You know, and, and I'm just wondering and waiting for people who have gotten the vaccine to still get COVID and still, you know, I'm not saying I want this by any means, but, you know, somebody who gets the vaccine and then, you know, a month or two down the road, they get COVID and end up in really bad shape again. Yeah, You know, I just wonder if that, and I'm sure the media will portray that as, oh, it, this person's an anomaly because because of this or whatever, but I, I don't know. I, I just... A lot of shit has happened in the last year, very fast. Yeah, and you know, you hear all these stories of like people who died in the hospital because, but they were, um, okay. We may have talked about this before, but you know, like everybody says that hospitals get money for all the COVID, like every COVID um, case case that they get. Right? That's that's a, that's a true thing, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I that that's been a big thing as far as like a everyone who gets it, that goes to the hospital, all of a sudden the hospital gets more money for it. But if they die or, it, or you could have somebody that dies from COVID and, but it, they, maybe they had COVID, but that wasn't the reason why they passed stage away four cancer. Or things yeah. It could like be that. stage four cancer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And now the media is going to say, Oh, or that they died from, you know, from that. So, Does how does that work from a hospital point of view? Does the hospital higher ups in the hospital say if COVID is attached to this at all, that's what we need to mark as the reason for death?
0: I can't say for sure, but that's that's the that's the word, you know. That just
1: that just seems really shitty. Like I understand, like the last year has been insane, and hospitals probably need more money for. Because of all the COVID cases that have happened, I get that 100, and mm-hmm. I'm not downplaying this at all. It
0: costs a lot of money to care it and, does. and to have all this COVID precautions.
1: Yeah, it does, and I'm not downplaying it at all. It's just I just wonder it's kind of shady and shitty on the other side of that. If you know you're saying, okay, this person that had stage four cancer died, but they had COVID also, so we're going to say it was COVID mm-hmm. just so the the hospital can get money.
0: Well, and once again, you know, if you're looking at it like this, like they're making this huge profit off of saying that, I don't know that they are. You know, maybe, but I don't know that they are. I think that with all the COVID precautions, I know it costs a lot of money for PPE, for, you yeah, know, for special sure. training, mm-hmm. for uh, people were sick, so they were ca- having to call out, so they're paying overtime to others. It's just a whole lot of costs that are that are wound up into this whole COVID concept, but. If they're if they're not just if they are just trying to break even because of all the expenses and and they're using that you know it, it's kind of like shading on your taxes a little bit not that any of us would ever do that but you know some people might claim this or that or you know they might wait to you know, cash in their 401k whatever because you're playing the system the whole time everybody does you know to some degree mm-hmm. this just happens to be on a large scale and it's tied to the pandemic so I can see where your like the stigma of that comes from like the your, your negative you know uh, opinion of of someone who would do that but there's there's a chance that it makes sense in the greater scheme of things like for instance if their costs are so high because of all the covid cost and the only way that they can even really s- keep their heads above water is to claim covid for a stage 4 cancer or a car wreck or whatever's happening because i've heard of both of those things happening um heart attack you name it they tied it to covid if the person could if they could uh diagnose them at all, if they tested positive at all, then they would call it a COVID case. Then, you know, it it just they're working the system as they need to in order to stay afloat, you know? So I I hear you, and and there's no telling what kind of crap. I mean, I just heard, what was I listening to? I think it was, it might have even been Joe Rogan, and he was talking to someone, I believe it was Joe, that they're saying now, like, uh, higher up in the CDC, or no, it was the former president of the cdc if that's the right title it was the former head of the cdc came out and said that it's not for sure yet but all in all probability COVID came out of the lab in wuhan like, this was not from a wet market of a, a bat blood or whatever, something like that. This okay. came out of a laboratory. Something happened. They don't think it's necessarily, or they, they don't think maybe at all that it was intentional. Like, someone let this out to see, you know, to try to kill everybody. But they do b- believe that in all probability, this came out of that lab. This was a big mistake. And, and now this happened, you know. Um, so how...
1: Do you know how it was released from that lab?
0: No. Oh, okay. No. And like I said, it's not even for sure. He just was saying in all probability, this, this is more probable than anything else that's happened. I mean, you got to consider this came out of Wuhan where there's a known, I forget, level four, I don't know, whatever it's called, uh, lab, you know, sec- very secure that they're working on some very dangerous stuff, including COVID viruses, right Corona, coronavirus what is this
1: wuhan, i've never heard of this before
0: wuhan is a place in china this okay. is this is where covid originated this is where all right. the cases it's it's a province in china gotcha okay okay and uh, is that right is it a province wuhan a city whatever there's it's a place in china it's called wuhan this is where ground zero was for covid and there's a lab there where they they were known to be working on uh, the coronaviruses, including COVID, I guess I don't know how that works, but um, but they were working on this in a lab, trying to whatever they're doing. I don't know if they, you know, in doing that, they're trying to make vaccines or whatever the case. Uh, weaponize it? I don't know. But this is a lab where it was known to be happening, and that's Ground Zero. And so that the gotcha. former head of the C- CDC said, "Hey, this is come on, this let, let's be honest here. Gotcha. You know, this is where this this went down." And I bet
1: those people make a lot of money.
0: Well, maybe working you know. on like.
1: Well, yeah, I guess it is China. Yeah, so maybe
0: not, right? B- maybe. I mean, China, you know, there are some very, very rich people in China, and and I, I guess the the tide has risen there over the years. That kind of raised all the ships there, overall, at least you know, for a lot of people, I should say, the people in the cities, probably. Yeah, there's you still got people out in the the countryside of China that look still you know pretty rough. I don't, I don't know if their quality of life has raised over the years as well as everybody else, but at any rate. So that's that's a crappy thing right there is that because some assholes working on something in a lab this happens we all get sick and then this whole vaccine thing even comes up in the first place right mm-hmm. I mean it's just a matter of time over the course of the the planet the, the life of the the planet you know there's been diseases there's been you know black plagues there's been all kinds of stuff that has reared its ugly head and killed off numbers of of people you know countless people in the, of the population so it's going to happen anyway, but for someone to just be tinkering around in the lab and say, "Whoops, COVID got out," you know, now now this thing is happening. That that really sucks, you know. What the hell are you doing in there? Why are you messing with with nature like that anyway? With with viruses and COVID, are you trying to do something good, or are you, are you trying to do something nefarious? Try to weaponize it, you know. When it comes to China, eh, you know yeah. they're probably up to something no good. Who knows? Maybe not, but it seems like they probably are bastards. <laughs>
1: I guess I'm going to let, I'm going to let
0: you hang out on that branch. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to stay over here. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. um, Yeah. So try to stay healthy. I don't know. You know, I'm not against, once again, I'm not against the vaccine. Uh, I I just haven't made the personal choice yet to do it. I don't like, you know, and and I've seen a lot of memes that they, they, they kind of make sense as well. You know, um, it's all the crap we do put in our bodies and we don't want this vaccine in our bodies, you know, Okay, I get it. You know, I, I can see the irony to some degree there, but it just it's it's so it seems so forceful. It just seems so quick and forceful and unknown. And I'm just not a big fan of you know, the government telling me to do this thing and put it in my body. They tell me enough as it is already, and I'm I'm kinda of leery of it all. Not even trying to go down a conspiracy rabbit hole. I just that's just how I roll, man. That's just that's just the way that my brain thinks. Yeah. You know. And I've, I've thought about getting the vaccine. Uh, seriously, I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. And I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I, I take it I take it from day to day, man. And as long as I'm not literally being forced, you know, because of, of the job or anything at this point in time, then I still have time to make my own decisions.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're at a, an interesting point right now because it is still a choice. Mm-hmm. And I don't, know that it'll actually become not a choice like that you're forced, but it's going to come back to what we said a while ago. Like you're going to be prohibited from doing things if you don't like traveling and things of that nature. So, Oh, you wanted to go to Mexico for vacation. Good luck with that. If you're not, if you don't want to get a vaccination, Yeah, you know, so as I said, we're in an interesting, interesting point right now. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see over the next year or so how things happen and, does shit hit the fam because you have a, this rise of people who don't have a desire to get the uh, the vaccine or are completely against it, who are prohibited from doing things that they want to do, mm-hmm. and, the, and now all of a sudden we're right. All these people are rising up and making a a fuss about it. Right. I I can see it happening. I don't know. I don't know if there's enough to make anything happen. Yeah. You know. I. I it seems like most people would just say okay I'll get the freaking vaccination if you let me go on vacation. Yeah. You know, but I don't know.
0: It's that life's too easy convenience thing yeah. once again, too. Mm-hmm. It makes it so convenient that we feel like we just it's it's better just to cave in, just to give in. You know, if if you're on the on the fence anyway about the vaccine, that's one thing, you know, if it just takes you that much of a little nudge, fine. But if you feel like for real you have to be pigeonholed because you can't go to Mexico or Maybe perhaps because you can't go to the to watch a Cardinals ball game at Bush Stadium unless you got your little vaccine card with you. You know, right. if that starts to become the case, then our our need for entertainment and and leisure outweighs the standards that we had that we held pretty dear up until that point. Yeah, you know, that's a problem.
1: Yeah, but also big corporate or not corporations, big business like that, like baseball or basketball or football or something like that. They are. If it comes to that, they're going to rely on people getting the vaccination to buy tickets to come in there. Like mm. if they have to limit people, like not the capa- not not like the limited capacity they have now, but like once they mm. let everybody come in again to all the different things, right? Uh, all the different uh, baseball games, let's say, you know, that's going to be on. Like the Cardinals are going to be.
0: It's gonna start tearing into their bottom line if yeah. not enough people are vaccinated. Yeah.
1: yeah so what's that gonna do? Is that gonna inflate ticket sales? I mean, uh, uh, ticket prices and stuff like that because there's so many people out there who aren't willing to get the vaccine just to come and watch a Cardinals game.
0: I don't think so. I, I think you know we we always have to keep in mind that this is the the frog in the in the pot of water, right? Um, you put the frog in there when the the water's still warm, cool, warm, whatever, and then you slowly turn up the heat. Cause as it begins to boil, the frog doesn't even think about, doesn't know the difference. And Mm -hmm. that's, and that's, that's our society right now. It's just a slow boil. And I can imagine that big corporations like, you know, the Cardinals or whomever, they're going to come up with some creative ways to make it cool to get the vaccine. You know, they're going to make it like, you've already seen on social media It's like you ain't cool unless you get the vaccine, (laughs) Yeah, you know, which is fine. They have their club and that's okay. Um, I just, you know, just think of what if you put some really good marketing minds behind the idea that we have to be vaccinated in order to do A, B, and C, what kind of marketing schemes they're going to come up with um, to really, really make you want to get the vaccine at that mm-hmm. point in time. You know, come come and say hi to Yadier Molina and get your vaccine at the same time. You know, he'll even give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll catch COVID and then you know, catch it stealing second and knock it out anyway. <laughs> there, there, there was a decent joke in there somewhere. No, I, but... <laughs> I, I, I couldn't develop it, man. It just it hit a brick wall. <laughs> At any rate, um, it looks like we've gone well over an hour now. So oh snap! Yeah, um, good stuff, man. Good yeah. conversation. A lot For of sure. a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah. left a lot of gaping wounds, but uh-huh. we will address it as we go along. During some future cerebral chat. Or not. Who knows? Maybe not. We might forget all about it. (laughs) I doubt doubt it. Not in today's day and age. We're not going to forget about all this stuff. Might be too busy gardening or who knows. Might die of COVID. You never know. Can we
1: podcast and still put it out there for people to listen to but still be considered off the grid? I don't know that's possible, right?
0: I mean, you got to put it out there somehow. Uh Uh-huh. So... Unless you want to, we're, we're, we'll
1: have to we'll have to start another podcast called Off the Grid. Yeah, that only we listen to after we record it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's going to be a big hit. <laughs> I
0: can already tell. I bet we um, get like a half a download. Well, I, I think we'd probably get two, but you think? Well, I mean, no, because we can't download it. We're off the grid. Oh, be anything to download it from? Dude, we're gonna have to record it straight to a disc, and then just listen to it.
1: Actually, I think we can just record it to the mixer. And I can have a computer. I can still have a computer off the grid, right? I mean, I guess as long as it's not on, connected
0: to internet. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose so. God. Yeah. This sucks. It's gonna suck, right? <laughs> That's why it, it's it's all about convenience. We're man. gonna have to turn Amish. You're a frog, and just go, like me. We're gonna
1: have to go all in on the Amish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: we're out. Right. out. Maybe. Thanks again to you, the CEP listener. Remember that word of mouth feels like charging our iPhones with solar power. So don't forget to tell your friends and family about the great variety that you hear right here on the CEP. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you consume the podcast that you love so that you can keep the variety coming straight to your ear holes with the automaticity. Also on that note, when you go to Apple Podcasts, it would help us immensely if you would give us a five-star rating while you're there to show your love for the CEP. And speaking of love, you know we love it when you give us your love on the socials, so go to the socials, give us some love, and be sure to visit the new and improved launching pad for all things Cerebral at thecepodcast.com. And of course, if you need to contact us, you can do that at Cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Pick up all of your official CEP network merch at buyjack.com, and Yeah, that's all I've got, folks. So until next time, be sure to keep those big, beautiful brains of yours nice and warm out there. See ya.